0: Welcome back to the Dungeon Master's Block, the place where we come to talk about the Dungeon Master, the most important person in the game, the only person capable of playing God, killing characters, and lowering the ego of all the people at the table. I'm one of your hosts, Dungeon Master Mitch.
1: And I'm Dungeon Master Neil, a.k.a. Maniac
0: and neil we today we are diving back into our divine spotlight series this is number six in our series
1: yes we're going to take a very light-hearted look at one of the <laughs> deities from past editions
0: yeah a light-hearted look at one of the deities who is described as, if you want to follow (laughs) this deity, you are seeking the greatest of evil, so... (laughs) Oh. We are looking at Nerul today. We're going to change a little bit of the format of our Divine Spotlight series, and we are going to focus on one god per episode, just so we don't feel like we're rushing through and we want to give each god the attention that they deserve, even though, as we'll learn as we talk about Nerul, a lot of people try not to give Nerul attention, so... (laughs) <laughs> anyway, before we jump into talking about rule, Neil, we have some five star reviews to do shout outs for.
1: So, up first, we have one from DM Jordan, nat20, five stars. Coming from the perspective of a new dungeon master, the DM's block has been an amazing resource to me to help mold my campaigns so that my players can have the best experience possible. I only just recently found the podcast and I'm already on the edge of my seat to hear about a food mage pop up <laughs> during story time. Keep up the great work. You guys are awesome. And I would say back to you, you keep up the good work. Ooh. You are awesome.
0: Aww. All right. Anyway, our next one is from Ogs Nixus. So much info. Five stars. I love how the topics range so much and all the tips and insight they give are always fresh and exciting. It's definitely made DMing easier for me when I play with my husband and children. I've never played until a few months ago and found DMing more fun thanks to this podcast. Thanks for all you do. You guys are awesome. So thank you so much, Oggs Nixus. We really, really appreciate that.
1: Yep. And with that, let's head to the meat.
0: Oh, starving. We ain't had nothing but maggoty bread
1: for three stinking days. Why can't we have some meats? The flight meat back on the menu, boys. So like we said, for the meat today, we are focusing on the god Nerul. And just so you know, Nerul was invented by none other than Gary Gygax in 1983. And it was actually in Dragon Magazine number 71.
0: Nerul's titles include The Reaper, The Foe of All Good, The Hater of Life and the Bringer of Darkness. Some fantastic titles. I don't know how we're going to make this light, Neil.
1: (laughs) Just a fun romp through everyone. (laughs) The home plane is the, ooh, Tartarian Depths of Carcery.
0: His power level is greater, so he is one of the strongest gods.
1: His alignment is neutral evil.
0: His portfolio includes death, darkness, murder, and the underworld.
1: Ooh, real real happy guy <laughs> and he also has the domains of death evil pestilence and trickery
0: so if you thought the domains are going to be any different than the portfolio <laughs> nope and does nerul have any superior no he does not he is superior yep so let's talk a little bit about what nerul maybe looks like the basic description of who Nerul is. So Nerul is usually seen as a black robed skeleton with rust red body and green ropey hair. Gross. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny because a lot of pictures that you can search up of Nerul, I don't think he actually looks too much like what the description of him is, like of a skeleton.
1: I feel like a lot of people take it and interpret him more as that classical death appearance yeah you know with a robe and the scythe because both of those things are there but like the true description is what you did and it's more of like a creepier old man looking yeah the scythe is still there but interestingly enough it's actually just a staff called life cutter that a scythe blade comes out on command
0: and i really do like that if you do look up images of it and you look at the scythe, you can see that it's almost lightsaber-like. It's this red, mm-hmm. glowing, like energy. But I, I love that idea. Like in my world, I like to have gods. Like they will appear every now and then as mortals for whatever their purposes are. And I imagine at the moment of your death, maybe this robed figure coming at you with a staff. And really, a robe figure with a staff does not seem all that menacing, but I like to imagine, like, this robe figure taking his staff and just saying in this, like, creepy, echoey voice, it is time. Smacking his staff on the ground and all of a sudden, zoom, like, this blade comes out. And yeah. then it's gone from, like, oh, old man in a robe with a staff? Oh, my gosh, death is here. I'm done. This is my time Aww. to die.
1: It makes me think of the first scene in episode seven when Kylo Ren fires up his lightsaber yes. and they're, you know, they're just blasting out <laughs> of the sides.
0: Yeah, you see him from like behind. Yeah, and in that too, I would probably describe it that you don't see his face because it's all hooded and then maybe he pulls his hood back and it's just like this skeleton head floating, kind of like Ghost Rider maybe and it's just got this long tangled gross hair and a maggot crawls out of its eye and you know that your time is done. You're dead. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's like uh, Tales from the Crypt. It's his, his bigger brother. Yes.
0: <laughs> what a callback. Yeah. So, Nurul is the patron deity of those who would seek the greatest evil for their own enjoyment or gain. So, <laughs> people who are going to be following Nerul and worshipping Nerul are not going to be your typical nice people. They are going to be your typical worst people in your world.
1: Well, yeah, and I think it's important to even kind of... Hone in on the fact that it is for their own enjoyment or gain; that it is yeah. not even just evil for evil's sake. It's specifically to get something out of it. Yeah,
0: I think that it fits that one neutral evil. Like if we're talking like alignments, neutral and chaotic evil, very much so. If there is a lawful evil follower of Nerul, I would imagine that they are following Nerul for Nerul's gain, but it specifically does state that most who follow Nerul are looking for their own kind of gain. Now, there's not a lot to be said that we wanted to talk about with Nerul and his relationships. A lot of it is basically what you would expect. Nerul doesn't really have many friends. He respects a couple evil gods that are about sickness and pain because those are the road to death so he can respect them. But at the same time, there's not really friendship going on there. But there is one thing that I really think is cool about Nerul and his relationship with other gods, and that is that it is said in Greyhawk that Nerul is to slay Obad hai every winter. And if you don't know who Obed-Hai is, he is the god of nature and the god of forests And like, I love this idea of Nerul slaying him every winter and then him being reborn like in springtime. Mm -hmm. Just this cosmos-like part of being a god that this is a dance that these two have to go through every single year to bring about the change in the seasons.
1: Yeah, and and I tried to find some more info on it, and I didn't. And if you, the listener, do find it, you should totally send it to us. And I was trying to figure out if it's like... Obi high accepts this yeah. as like the natural order and that's what needs to happen
0: like the obi Wan, like yeah just like <laughs> puts his lightsaber down and lets uh darth vader slice right through him
1: or if instead it's like this epic struggle yeah every time winter rolls around there there's just this amazing battle between them yeah and Obi high always loses
0: well and i i like that because what happens if in your campaign world you take this whether it's with Nerul and Obid High or with gods that fit into that description in your world and you say what happens if obed High actually triumphs
1: get out of my head that's <laughs> totally what I was going right? to bring up
0: yeah <laughs> it's the opposite of the narnia story where it's like eternal winter it's eternal summer is the, or eternal yeah. like fall and like is that what it is cuz that yeah. to me is Fantastic. The trees, you think that the leaves are going to fall. You're like, oh, it's fall time. And they don't. And they stay green and they stay lush. And the animals maybe all start weirding out because. They're not sure what to do and they're not sure. Are they supposed to migrate? Are they supposed to like hibernate? Bears are all pissed off because their eternal clocks are not telling them to go to sleep.
1: Yep. <laughs> and they, everything is just keep foraging. Yeah. And so now all the, like, all the resources of the world are getting stockpiled for something that's not happening. Yes.
0: I mean, you could even have the opposite of that is you could have Nerul slays obed but figures out a way to keep obed dead. And then you can have the eternal winter happening in your world and the lands just freeze over and snow perpetually falls. And maybe, I mean, these are, both of these things are, in my mind, epic quests for epic heroes. Like, how (laughs) do we bring obed back? Maybe it's this weird, twisted, you have good heroes, but they have decided that they need to bring Nerul back because the order of the universe has been messed up.
1: You mean this isn't good for the level 1 to 3 range? You don't think it'll work out?
0: Maybe that's where you start.
1: <laughs> Ooh, oh, yeah. I mean, because there is a suspense of disbelief on how fast you become a better person yeah. in these games, because oftentimes like it'll be a week and you went from one to 20 somehow. <laughs> but I mean, that could be a really cool place where you're know, winter is supposed to happen, but it doesn't. And then you go on this epic quest to finally find out. And at the end, you either have to slay a god yeah. or resurrect one.
0: I mean, honestly, like that's a good question. Like, where do you start? A campaign like that because it's an epic level quest you start it off the bat we're level 10 starting off I mean you could have a whole campaign where instead of just addressing it in Nerul has slayed obed high and figure out a way for him not to come back and he's trapped in this other realm and so we need to like bring him back that doesn't need to be addressed at the beginning like it could be addressed that Nerul has slayed obed high and obed high is not coming back and so then you have half of your campaign very much focused on one it's a it's a place to build your characters levels up but you let them live through why is Eternal Winter a terrible thing and the dangers that come and maybe you just have towns that, and cities and nations that were friends with each other. Now they're dealing with not having enough resources, not yeah. having enough food and wars are beginning because of those things and you're seeing like the breakdown of society and you're getting to role play through that and then maybe about halfway through that campaign, somebody comes to you, whether it's a like a clergy of the dead and slain obed or the trapped obed High, and they say, hey, we need your help. This is a quest we bring forth to you, mighty warriors.
1: Yeah, we've got a problem, a real problem. <laughs> so for Nerul's dogma, it is that the faithful believe they will be rewarded for acts of murder and that for every living thing is an abomination in the eyes of the Reaper, a.k.a. Nerul.
0: What does the reward for these terrible acts amount to like for these worshipers like is it this really dark look at an underworld where Nerul is in charge of all the souls and it's like yeah you're dead and you're in the underworld too but maybe you are you're in charge of like delving out pain for eternity <laughs> this is the messed up reward that these evil followers are going after
1: well yeah because carcery the original place that he is actually He's the only one that chose to be there.
0: Yep. He lives there because he wants to.
1: (laughs) I want to say that I saw the words because he likes it, which (laughs) it just seems super funny to me. It's not that bad. (laughs) This is great. I don't know what you're complaining about. (laughs) Yeah, but I think that that'd be totally accurate that different levels in that place. Mm -hmm. Then there's also one that he helped ascend to demigod status. Because of how well they were doing as a worshiper. So there's always that chance it could turn out.
0: And we will talk on that follower later. As far as worshippers Nerul, like we said, is the patron deity for those who seek the greatest evil for their own enjoyment and gain. And this is kind of interesting. So most common folk, they do not worship him or even try to pay any attention to him. He's super, super feared by them. In fact, most of them are afraid that if they worship him at all, that that's going to cause some sort of attention from the God and rule and they just want to they just don't want him to pay attention to them they just want to be left alone i mean common folk would know that death is gonna come eventually for them but until that day they don't really want anything to do with
1: it now he's like the fantasy version of uh, freddy krueger
0: <laughs> well i i even thought because part of this is also that most people tend to avoid even saying his name and i thought of voldemort right away i was like this is oh, like the god perfect. version of voldemort yep they don't say his name if people say his name everybody like cringes like Ugh, don't say his name don't say his name
1: yeah and it's actually theorized by some that Nerul is gaining power by that avoidance. And that'll come up more when we talk about the people that are true followers of Nerul. But it's also said that some peasants, just because they're so into the idea of the deities, will pay tribute in small things, hoping that Those that have passed away will be protected by Nerul once they finally get there.
0: Yeah, which is really sad when you think about it, because nothing that we know about this god gives us any inclination that he would care about two coins on the eyes or like a prayer of safe passage. Like, he's not up for keeping people safe. That's not, that's not what he's about. So that's not helping you at all, unfortunately. And so just one last thing about the worshipers of Nerul is that in Greyhawk, some of his followers and some that believe in rule consider him not only to be the god of death and murder and all that messed up stuff that we had originally talked about, but also to be the god of winter. And that's hearkening back to his slaying of obed every single winter. Like, he is the reason for the season. He's the one who brings <laughs> winter on.
1: Now he's a mix between Freddy Krueger, Voldemort, and Krampus. <laughs> This guy's the best. That
0: is the best.
1: So, like we had mentioned, we're going to talk a little bit more about the true followers of Nerul, the clergy. And as you can well imagine, they are feared throughout the lands as cold, calculating murderers. And the clerics are named, if you make the cut, the cream of the crop, you are referred to as he who revels in the slaying of the living, which is quite a mouthful.
0: Yeah, (laughs) quite the title add on. No Mr. or Mrs. or Dr. He who revels in the slaying of the living. Uh, as you would guess, most of his clergy, they're secretive and often solitary. And I mean, part of this has got to be that I can't imagine that in Greyhawk or in any world that's going to have Nerul, that the open worship of Nerul is going to be accepted in most places in the world like it's probably going to be looked down upon to just outright outlawed i mean we've already found out that the clergy the clergy of this order for this god are known to be cold calculated murderers murder is not okay in most places in a (laughs) in a world in a fantasy world wherever it is that's not okay
1: yeah Well, it makes me think of like a lot of shows, I mean, and there are a lot of them, the CSIs and the things like that. Those are the type of people in those that like they can't catch them and it's a serial murderer. Like that's what these clerics are trying to strive towards. Like they don't want to be caught. They don't want to be known. They don't want anything to do with it other than being able to keep murdering other people.
0: Yeah, like, there may be an aspect of it of bragging about their evil deeds, but they're going to do that within their order, if anything, because, like you said, they don't want to be captured, they don't want to be thrown in jail or prison, because then their deeds are going to stop to some degree i mean in prison you can do an awful lot of evil things as well so true (laughs) (laughs) i imagine that'd be an interesting thing a a cell with another guy and oh so what are you in for i'm a clergy of Nerul. oh no oh worst roommate ever help me
1: oh man but even with that i could almost see one of them getting purposefully arrested for a different crime
0: to wreck havoc in prison
1: yeah, and thinking like, oh, well if I go do this to these people, the good people won't pay attention as fast. Hmm. Ooh, and then you could do an undercover mission with your players. They have to go into prison and figure out who's killing everyone? Ooh, Great idea. That
0: would be that'd be interesting, especially in a medieval dungeon like prison. <laughs> Yeah. Whenever you do any sort of like going undercover story, you're always going to be throwing moral dilemmas at your players. Like, these guys will trust you if you do X. <laughs> like, if you mm-hmm. do this thing. If you're not okay with doing this thing, you may just blow your entire
1: mission. Yep. And risk everyone and everything. Yep.
0: So, when the clergy of Nerul are not in disguise and hiding, they dress in the same rust red hue as the bones of their god so i imagine it's these rust red robes that just cover their face and chanting and screaming and wailing in circles in hidden areas around the world
1: Mm -hmm. and actually become a priest of nerul you must undergo an arduous initiation that climaxes in being buried alive yeah this
0: is horrifying but I love this as well because yeah. it just fits so well with the theme of who Narul is. And it also states being buried alive for a time. It doesn't even say for a day, for two days, which is partially because I imagine that it's up to whoever is going to be digging you out how long that is. And I got to imagine that a couple oh. like what I mean, let's be honest, like I imagine that if you fail initiation, that they don't tell you. <gasps> they just don't just dig you up.
1: There. Oh, man.
0: <laughs> so you're down there and you're down there for six days and you're like, I guess I failed. Oh, man. That
1: didn't make it. Wow. Yeah. I think it gets into a lot of nuance, too. And you know, and this is more the backside of the screen than the front. But if you think about like almost that the person has to accept death. Yeah. And however long that takes is however long that takes. And then they can be dug up. It's such a weird thing because like it doesn't really happen with people that are alive. I don't know all the right words. No, I like that, though, because maybe that's part
0: of the failure is if they at all hear you banging or screaming like, help me out, help me out. They just walk away. And like they set a period of time that if they don't hear that, they will dig you up and say, "Uh, welcome, brother, to the fold or whatever it is this is some super dark, creepy stuff here, yeah. like, man. Like, oh, yeah, this is some dark stuff, but, but yeah, I imagine that that might be part of the initiation. Honestly, to me, I think this would be a really great piece of lore to bring into your campaign. Like one, if you have a player that wants to be a cleric of Nerul, have the campaign start oh, yeah. with him in this coffin <laughs> and you describe it, you are surrounded by total darkness you reach your hand out and a couple inches from your face you feel wood and oxygen is getting low you have been in this coffin underground for three days now and you are starving and you want out you can feel a bug crawling on your face like you open it up that way to your player and have that be their opening scene for their character or another thing is imagine if you as heroes were to come across some group of red cloaked figures in the wilderness and they're burying dudes alive, how creepy of a situation would that be?
1: Too much good stuff right there. (laughs) So like we had mentioned, the open worship of Nerul will probably get stamped out pretty quick. So the temples kind of aren't prevalent because they'll get knocked down, but then they'll get up again. Never going to keep you down. (laughs) I was trying to make it lighthearted because we talked about so many terrible things. (laughs) But yeah, so they're usually hidden in subterranean places. And I think that harkens back to the land of the dead and everything like that. Or if there is a land that itself is so evil that they can just feel comfortable openly having a temple.
0: So like we said, I mean, the cult of Nerul is, is secretive. But at the same time, they will make it their job to cause chaos, to go out into the world and do terrible, terrible acts of murdering and violence. However, whenever they're not doing that, they're going to be back at their hidden temples. Or what I would consider is even worse, is they're going to be living among you, that friendly shopkeeper, (laughs) that quiet bartender. But then when they have times of worship, they're going to be returning to their temple their hidden temple, wherever that is. And maybe that's a thing. Like, I think one thing I want to talk about, Neo, with you is, like, where would be a good place in fantasy worlds for these temples to Nerul be? Part of, like, I just want to jump on one, and maybe we can go back and forth and just share a couple, but, like, that quiet bartender, he's secretly a follower of Nerul, and there is a small hatch behind the bar that leads to a secret basement which is the Temple of Nerul. And so you yeah. the the bar that you and your adventurers go in every single adventure night, dark stuff is happening right below you, and you don't even know.
1: And so essentially I think it's that place that you're comfortable with, and it's right below it. And one of the places that there was a temple in Greyhawk was underneath Castle Greyhawk. Hmm. And I think that getting to a place where they can essentially be less likely to be found out, you know, so they're just part of the guard for, you know, for the castle in your world, but underneath it is this huge temple to Nerul.
0: Yeah, I imagine, like, caves as well. And if you want to make it realistic, you make that cave inconspicuous. If you want to make it, like... classic fantasy story the cave entrance has to look like a skull opening up right like (laughs) which any any adventure is gonna see that and go oh boy bad stuff happens in there but there's just something (laughs) so cool about a following rule could not pass a cave that had a face like a skull opening up and not say that's our place
1: (laughs) we found it now we're tossing Skeletor into the mix.
0: (laughs) I also like the idea of maybe a magical area in the forest That it's maybe this kind of like a druid's grove, except that it's this circle that constantly there's snow and ice and the trees are dead and it's constantly winter. Harkening back to like Mm. those followers who believe that Nerul is a god of winter. And so it's this like magical just area of the forest hidden deep in the forest that it's constantly dead wood, snow on the ground, ice everywhere. Kind of a creepy vibe.
1: I like it. And I'd also like that idea to be, no, you couldn't do it. I was going to say that it could be a seam out of place, but then like they wouldn't do that because then they would probably get found out.
0: Yeah. And that's the thing. Maybe you don't see it until you step into that magic circle. Maybe until you step in, it looks like regular forest, but they want to be able to worship their God like the way that their God intended the woods to be. I like it. But at the same time, as you walk closer and you walk closer, you feel cold for some reason. Like, ooh, such great ways to describe things like this. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So then, of course, there are rituals, which are, again, fun, lighthearted events for (laughs) all ages So those in service to the rule usually perform ghastly things in absolute blackness, featuring litanies of fear and suffering and murder done in homage to the Reaper.
0: Yeah, I imagine that, you know, hearkening back to what we were talking about with like that temple that's in a basement or in a dungeon somewhere. To get down to the dungeon, they all bring these tiny candles to light the way and then they get down there and they stand in their circle and one by one, they don't lick their fingers. They just take their fingers and they put out the candles one by one. And then the ritual, whatever that ritual is, begins.
1: Oh, crazy. It makes me think of a lot of examples. It's almost that more of classic uh, occult feel. Yeah. If you wanted to get inspiration on how to like describe things for Narul, I feel like there is a lot of stuff out there that you could tap into.
0: So as a exercise, because I know that DM Neil is all about exercise Yes. here, we're going to take a moment and we're going to come up with a litany of Nerul for you. We're each going to come up with one. It doesn't have to be long, okay. Neil, but let's come up with the litany for the listeners. Do you want to start or do you want me to start?
1: Oh, either way. it's both. We're both terrified okay. of it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, mine is uh, one that is said by the clerics during the ritual of burying an initiate to the clergy You're alive. So, here we go. I'm gonna try to do this without laughing for the full effect, so. Go. God of death, God of snow, Buried deep, very low. If they die, take them cold. Take them frightened, young, not old. If your will, let them survive. To bring
1: more death to help you thrive. And then the coffin closes. And then that super creepy sound of that dirt hitting the
0: coffin. And that's the only thing you hear.
1: Cool. I like it. So I'll tell you my inspiration for mine. I feel like it's a little bit worse than just coming up with one myself. (laughs) It's a litany that comes out of Dune. And I knew it's against fear. So I took it and twisted it so that it is f- essentially for fear. And the idea that I came up with is this is what someone will say as like a clergy before they murder someone. Ugh. Like they've got like they've got them trapped there. So, <laughs> oh god, I I hope yeah. that
0: none of our listeners are listening with their kids.
1: <laughs> like yeah. if you're
0: if you've gotten to this way with your kids,
1: shame on you. <laughs> well, depending on their age, yeah, I guess, no I guess so. Who am I to tell? Probably not. How to parent? Probably not. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so I'll try and straight face it. You will know fear. Your fear will feed the Reaper. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death that brings total obliteration. I will permit it to pass over you and through you. Where the fear has gone, there will be nothing. Only I will remain.
0: Ugh. Alright, let's move on to relics. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: all right now that we're thoroughly creeped out let's move on to relics if you'd like to use either of those in your world go for it you yeah. use it at your pleasure <laughs> <laughs> all right relics
1: so the main ones are the mace and talisman of Crevel, And as we had mentioned before, Crevel is the clergy that was actually raised to demigod status. And the items themselves are super powerful. You're talking about essentially the reverse of a holy avenger is a plus five unholy spell storing light mace, which gives you animate undead and stuff like that. And the coolest piece, though, was when they work in conjunction with each other because it has a sequester spell which i'm not sure Mm -hmm. what that means that essentially makes it so that it's impossible to find these items on a person Hmm. which i thought that was the coolest both mechanical and flavor aspect like hearkening back to like you have these mind-numbingly powerful items that someone would go blind doing detect magic and instead they don't see it at all
0: which is perfect for this god's followers like yeah in the worst
1: way Yeah, those are some old school items. And if you use your powers of the Internet, I'm sure you can find them and definitely check those out and see how they work together. Because that's a really good way to have some cool items for a person that would follow a deity, no matter which it is.
0: All right. So Nerul has struck fear into our hearts this entire episode. He's creeped us out. So here, let's strike back at Nerul for one last final detail with Nerul. When it came to fourth edition, Nerul was killed. He was dun, He was dun, totally dun. taken out by a powerful sorcerer queen uh, that entered into his realm. This queen was too proud to kneel to any god and rose up in rebellion against Nerul and totally took him out. And upon taking him out, took his place as the goddess of death and is now known as you guessed it the Raven Queen. So Nerul is actually a god that at this point in the story for the D Mythos is actually a dead god. He's moved yep. on, so that can put maybe our fears to rest, right? <laughs>
1: For now. For now. Yeah, and I also like that it was kind of like a slow burn for the Raven yeah. Queen. Like she got in good with him and then kind of started taking over some people yep. and some, and then it was yeah. over.
0: <laughs> yeah, like you said, though, for now, because those of us who love fantasy may know that what is dead may never die.
1: So that's all we have for you today here at the Dungeon Masters block. Hopefully you enjoyed the episode or you're super creeped out by it and (laughs) maybe you enjoyed that a little bit, but if nothing else, you can take away some of the creepy information we brought to you for Nerul.
0: It's got to help at least though, Neil, that they got to listen to Nerul with your dulcet tones being part of the
1: presentation, right? True, and like any good show, we ended it with the villain being defeated. So I think we did a great job. But if people wanted to email us and tell us how terrified they are, (laughs) how would they do it?
0: Uh, You can write to us at
1: dungeonmasterblock
0: at gmail.com. If you want to send us any emails about any of the divine spotlights we've done about any homebrew gods about your world any questions with DD, pretty much anything if you want to just drop us a line and say hey how's it going guys you can do that at our email address if you like the show and you want to help us grow We would really appreciate it if you would head on over to iTunes and give us a five-star review. If you do that, we will, of course, give you a shout-out on the show and read your iTunes review aloud. So write whatever you want. Keep it clean, but write whatever you want, and you'll get to hear us say it on the show. You can also find us on Stitcher and Podcast Addict.
1: And if you wanted to follow us over on Twitter and learn all about the show and see funny memes and things like that, you can do so at DMS underscore block. That's at DMS block. And of course, you can have it over to our Facebook page and like us there to get more of the same. But with that, we want to do as we often do, thank one of our Patreon members. And the Patreon member shout out of the week is jay miller and jay is of course a gold dragon so watch out for him flying through the skies terrorizing people or he could be hiding among you scary gold dragon cleric of nerul
0: (laughs) (laughs) that makes no sense to me but anyway thank you jay miller (laughs) yes thank you the dungeon masters block is a proud member of the block party podcast network If you like this show and if you are in love with other geeky podcasts, you should check out other shows like the GM Showcase, Geek Wars, We're So Bad at Adventuring, and more.
1: And that's it for the Dungeon Master's Block, the place where we focus on the Dungeon Master, the most important person in the game, the only person capable of playing God.
0: Killing characters, very appropriate.
1: And lowering the ego of all the other people at the table. Good night, everyone.
0: Keep on Dungeon Mastering.
1: Well, I'll take the second one because I don't know how to say the name for the first one. Oh,
0: thanks, you jerk. (laughs) You want to jump into rituals?
1: I don't don't know. (laughs) No.
0: And that's going to be edited so I sound perfect. Oh, well, yeah, of Of course. Of (laughs) course.
1: Goodbye.